Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you haven't heard, it's a good idea to fit probiotics into your daily routine. Fortunately, Nature's Way women's probiotic pearls make that so easy. These adorable little pearls couldn't be easier to take, and they support both digestive and vaginal health, all because of the probiotics. There are actually 1 billion active cultures protecting against occasional bloating, constipation, and digestive discomfort, all in one tiny little pearl. To learn more about Nature's Way women's probiotic pearls and how they can fit into your routine, visit naturesway.com. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott Benjamin. Uh, I'm Ben Bullen. Can we roll down the window? A little under the weather? Yeah, I'm just feeling you know, a little dizzy, a little nauseous. Yeah, most people not, might not know that we podcast in a moving vehicle. Yeah, well, that's the only way we're going to do this uh, show. Of course, car stuff has to be done in a moving vehicle. Yeah, that's it's the only way contract. it works. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, welcome to the show. And Ben, yeah. this is a serious topic, really. I mean, a lot of people really suffer with this. Oh, yeah. Uh, right. We'll uh, tell you that I am fine. That's just the magic of podcasting. You don't but, but, sound like I have motion sickness. I do, however, have a question for you. Do you, what, do you suffer that? from uh, motion sickness? You know what's weird? I don't. My girlfriend, though, and my dad are, both have extreme cases of motion sickness. For me, like, um, I'll be honest with you, man. My girlfriend says it's the way that I drive. Ah, you know, Ben. What? We didn't talk about this ahead of time. No. My wife suffers from uh, um, motion sickness in a terrible way. I mean, everything, boats, cars, yeah. and also my my driving is blamed for her motion sickness all the time. I mean, we're not the problem. I, I don't. I don't think so. I really don't <laughs> think so. And I and I can maybe back that up in this in this podcast. I'm yeah. gonna try. But but seriously, we didn't even talk about that. No. But but my wife will get. She'll feel ill. On a on an off ramp, mm-hmm. you know, on an on ramp uh, to get on the highway, or she'll feel bad, you know, if we uh, we hit a bump too hard. Wow. I mean, it's really really well, severe. So before we go any further, I should say though that I'm completely the opposite. Um, when I was on road trips, even as a little kid with my parents, mm-hmm. I would be fine, you know, reading a book or jumping around the back seat like some undersized orangutan. Exactly. Now my my kid can play video games in the back and can yeah. read. And I don't remember if I was able to read or anything like that, but I would be able to sit in, you know, those uh, station wagons that had the rear-facing seats. Yeah, no problem at all. In Which fact, is I, a problem for some people. In fact, I I preferred that. And I and you know, if you go on a train like an old-style passenger train, you know, like yeah. just as a, a you know weekend ride or something, you know, I don't mind being the one that faces backwards. 
you know, on like a, on the trolley or whatever right, you go or on. Right, on the Marta. Yeah, something like that. I really don't have a problem facing rearwards, but a lot of people have a lot of trouble with that. And we'll find that, you know, women are more prone to it than men, which is right. true, which I, I found kind of unusual, but I guess it's, it's just the way it is. Um, it's also, um, true that it's better to be the driver than it is the passenger in a vehicle, which that is true. Is odd. Yeah. Uh, we're going to find that uh, there's a difference between straight line motion versus like circular or spinning motion. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I find that, you know, I used to be able to handle spinning rides at, at um, you know, amusement parks much better than I can now. The spinning gets to me, but, really? you know, roller coasters don't bother me. Driving doesn't bother yeah. me. Boat rides don't bother me. Plane rides don't bother me. Anything like that. And we'll find that, you know, motion sickness really is what this is called. It's not just car sickness. No. It all falls under this one big umbrella of motion sickness. Yeah. And as we, uh, as we like to do when we're exploring a topic like this, let's define it first. Sure. So motion sickness is a syndrome with the uh, following symptoms. You get pallor, nausea, weakness, malaise, which I think is kind of vague. Um, and this can progress to vomiting, to being incapacitated. And what it all goes back to really most times is going to be the canals of your ear, right? Your sense of equilibrium. Mm-hmm. Okay. We don't, can I just say one quick thing before we, yeah, yeah. at the end of this podcast, there is some, there's some new study that's going on that kind of refutes this. Yep. I'm not going to say anything more about it right now, but at the end, we've got something that will, will, Discount everything that we're saying at the beginning here about the inner right. ear. So, so stay t- stay tuned for the end, and you'll find somebody that uh, has got some new and updated information. About oh, that's this. right. Yeah, the uh, the science of motion sickness is still very much in its pioneering field. Yeah, I mean, we said this earlier. A lot of the stuff that we're talking about, the, this research was done like fifty or sixty years ago, yep. and there hasn't been anything since. No one's really dug into it. They just said, well. Uh, motion sickness is what it is, and there's no definitive explanation for why motion sickness exists. There still isn't, which I find really, really crazy. Yeah, it is strange. We uh, we have a a couple of theories, but we're gonna wait till the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's let's see. Where where do you want to go? Do you want to talk about how uh, some of the old uh, folklore cures? Um, you know, let's let's move on to something else, and we'll go back to folklore okay. cures in just a second. But I do want to say that like. It's more of the, uh, I guess if you can call it science from, you know, 50, 60 years ago, sure. what they did. And it is science, I guess. Yes. Um, they figured out that, you know, people that had um, motion sickness or were, were prone to seasickness, air sickness and, and the like, you know, they, they all have the same. If you're if you're going to get car sick, you're going to get sick on a boat, you're going to get sick on a plane. They found that um, it has to do with your equilibrium and your equilibrium, your, your balance, I guess. And uh-huh. equilibrium is what, you, as you mentioned, uh, part partly due to the fluid within the inner ear mm-hmm. and the way that your body is oriented to the earth and everything around you. And this is this is how this goes, Ben. There are two different types of equilibriums. Okay. All right, there's a static equilibrium and there's a dynamic equilibrium. And I didn't know this before we read all this, so I'm, I'm huh, kind of okay. reading this as we go here. But um, the static equilibrium is the orientation of the head and body relative to the ground. Okay, so you're... you're uh, your static equilibrium says that I'm standing on the ground, everything's fine, no oh, okay. no problems at all. Or or it says I'm in a vehicle and everything around me in that vehicle is moving at the same speed. So I know that I'm sitting in a in a chair because I can feel sure. it on my back and on my legs and you know on my rear end. And I know that I'm I'm firmly in this vehicle and the windshield and and the dashboard and everything are moving at the same speed with me. 
Okay, your your dynamic equilibrium, which is the orientation of the head and body in response to sudden movements, that's what gets kind of screwed up in this whole thing. Is that when you're in that vehicle and you're moving, right? And your body is saying, "Well, okay, everything around me stands still, but I'm seeing things on the horizon that are moving. Like trees are going past me quickly. Uh, there's potholes in the road, so sure. that you know there's this bouncing motion, and I see that as well. When your static equilibrium and your dynamic equilibrium are at odds, when one of them says I can see what's happening, but the other one is telling me this is happening. Ah, That's where your body has this confusion, and the confusion is what causes that sickness, that nausea. Your body is kind of rejecting that idea. And I know it's it's kind of a, a vague way to say that, that your body's rejecting it, but but it's really what's happening. Like say you're on, yeah. a, on a ship of, on a ship uh-huh. and heavy swells. And you know that the boat is is staying relative to you, it's staying steady. Now of course you're probably moving a little bit, right. but uh let's say you're in a chair on that boat. And, or a sofa or whatever, and it's a cruiser. And you're sitting in that, in that sofa and the boat is going up and down. Well, you're seeing the waves all around you moving. You're seeing the, the, um, I guess the distance you're seeing the shore moving because the boat is moving up right, and down. Yeah. But your, your brain is confusing the signals between what's happening to your body, the way it feels like it's, it's locked in place in that boat and everything around it that's moving in this, in this erratic and, and dramatic way. So, uh, two parts of your brain start arguing with each other. That's it. And it makes you, it makes the rest of you sick. Yeah. And this makes perfect sense to me why somebody would be ill if they're reading in a car. So like they're looking down, they're seeing like the uh, newspaper or whatever, whatever it is, a book, maybe even a Kindle, something like that. Right. And they're reading and they're holding that stationary in front of them. Yet the peripheral vision is picking up telephone poles and, and trees and other vehicles and signs and everything else is moving all around them, all the scenery. Yeah. And, and there may be some bouncing motion in the car, of course. They said the worst scenario for somebody who's motion sick is a slow-moving vehicle on a very rough road. Like, let's say you're approaching... Um, okay, recently I was on vacation, and we went to right. a place that had a... Um, it was very uh, remote. And you have to drive in this uh, this shuttle that goes down this potholed road. It's almost like the... It looks like the moon, a moonscape of a road, you know, is what, the <laughs> okay. way I would say it. A moon, it's got craters. It, big, huge craters, right? So we're kind of weaving and bobbing around all these things and going maybe, I mean, 5, 10 miles an hour at the most. And there's a dramatic motion. You're really going into these things and back oh, out. Yeah. They say that that's the absolute worst. If you're going in a slow vehicle with lots of motion, your mind is confused even more so than it would be if you're going quickly over something that's rough. It's like a giant is sort of slowly shaking you. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 really a, a strange thing. But when you think about it in that way, it really kind of makes sense. And there is good news because we do know that the vast majority of motion sickness um, experiences mm-hmm. are pretty mild and you can treat them yourself, mm-hmm. uh, but not everything will work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got a few things that definitely do work as folk remedies, a few things that don't work. And then of course, uh, there are pharmaceutical products. Yeah, sure. There's, take. there's Dramamine. There's sure. uh, the patch that you can put behind your ear. And I think that takes about a day to work. And uh-huh. um, let's see, there's those wristband things that you can buy that apply pressure on the, so it's like an acupressure type oh. thing. I don't know. There's all kinds of stuff that works. I and mean, Dramamine, that seems to work for my wife. We were on a cruise recently mm-hmm. and she even, she, we just got home and she feels like the house is moving. That like it's rocking back and forth. Oh, because now she has to acclimate herself to being a landlubber. Again. That's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, and even though that the motion on the boat bothered her and the dramamine helped, 
once you get home, you still feel that rocky motion once the Dramamine wears off. So after six hours or whatever it is, she's you know, just kind of swaying. You feel like the car is moving <laughs> that you're driving in. You feel like the house that you're standing in is moving, which you know it's not, but it's yeah. still your inner ear equilibrium thing is still off. And, you know, that inner ear thing that you mentioned, that there's, there's more to it than that. I mean, it, you know, of course, ear infections early on in life can cause problems right. with this. You know, they can cause dizziness, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so the inner ear infections can cause all kinds of stuff. The fluid build up in the ear, uh, kind of confuses the brains and eyes because there's pressures that build up that normally wouldn't be there. Yeah, um, I can, uh, I can speak a little bit to that because, um, the, the way that an ear is structured inside of an ear, um, it has, a very there's a very thin membrane mm-hmm. in your ear canal that separates your inner ear and your uh, outer ear and the idea for your equilibrium is to maintain the same relative pressure on either side and so when you have fluid building up in your ears you're whenever you know uh you're chewing something or you swallow and you hear that click in your ears yes. it's a little bit of fluid going down your eustachian tube which is sort of right by the edge of your jaw and i know this cuz i had a lot of ear problems as a kid and um when that stuff is blocked that means that your inner ear is not able to adjust to the pressure of of your outer um sure the memory. ambient pressure outside that's right? a perfect word scott yeah. thank you and that's why that's part of the reason why your ears will pop when you dive into a swimming pool. It's also uh, part of the reason why you or it is the reason why when you're in a plane, it can be tough to hear because of the pressure differences or even driving through the mountains. I mean, we that's even, a great example. Uh, we drive uh, or at least I drive uh, back and forth, you know, from between Michigan and here occasionally. Yeah. And, uh, you know, high altitudes, my ears will feel pressure and then uh, the decreases as you go they kind of pop it's not uncommon for it to happen on even at relatively low altitudes but mm-hmm. you know planes of course i mean you always hear you know when those uh, when kids are crying on planes a lot yeah uh, a lot of parents get a lot of guff for that but um, there's really not a whole lot you can do about a kid cuz their ears are just driving them crazy and they, they you can't tell you know a toddler somebody who's too young <laughs> to really understand you got to chew gum you got to you know they can't or you've got to uh, you know they oftentimes will give them a bottle because that's the same type of motion as like a chewing would be in it and it relieves the pressure so crying kids on a plane when it take you know when it's taking off and landing there's uh, often there's just not a lot you can do about it so you know give those people some uh, some slack i guess on that one so chewing though chewing gum is a common remedy it does is. it work does it work well maybe it depends on the type of gum then because we're talking about car sickness so we're talking about somebody who's trying to alleviate not just the pressure i mean you know you're working on keeping the pressure the same i understand that but we're talking about remedies for car sickness or motion sickness. So if you're chewing gum, you may want to chew peppermint gum. Why is that? Ah, because peppermint um, of any kind, you know, candy, like you would just, you would suck on the candy. You wouldn't chew the candy, of course, but, um, or peppermint gum, I guess you could chew that. But I guess the, the peppermint in some way eases some of the nausea. And I think it's just uh, maybe the uh, the cooling sensation, the feel of the cooling sensation. Oh. I, there's a lot of these things that, you know, not quite explain why they're a remedy, but they but they are like folk remedies that have been passed down generation from generation. And actually do work. But one, one thing for cars is uh, the idea that you roll down the window, mm-hmm. right? If you just roll down the window and get some fresh air. That's what people are always saying. This magical fresh air is going to... But does it work? You know... My girlfriend swears by it. No kidding. So it does work sometimes, but I think a lot of people have, I've seen a lot of people have written in that said, people always tell me to roll down the window and that never helps. Well, what if it's, 
you know, what if it's like a placebo effect thing? Or what I, I think as we're going to find, a lot of it depends on where you're looking so uh, even more so than where you're sitting. But before we do that, Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit Spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, we'll boot it. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and the last star on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man, Marie's a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Gene. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return, your time won't, and we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of MoviePhone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, chief marketing and growth officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Yes, and we can also say that going back to motion sickness, uh, this is something that you can have your entire life and you can find remedies to alleviate the symptoms, but not to cure it completely. That's right. And these remedies, these folk remedies that we talked about, we just mentioned peppermint, right? And chewing gum. Yeah. And the other one, the other one, there's a lot of them, I should say. Um, another one that's very popular is ginger. Yeah. They even just having ginger ale. Yeah. Which a lot of people had said, my parents would always give me ginger ale and saltine crackers, and that would keep me from feeling ill. As we find out later, uh, lightly salty snacks are something that would keep keep uh, motion sickness down, apparently, yeah, as far as folk yeah. remedies go. Right. You know, we don't, we're not really testifying that any of these really happen, but gi the ginger in ginger ale is what's doing it for you. It's not just that it's a soda. It's a carbonated beverage. Right. The idea is that you know ginger as itself, um, you know whether you're, it's the fresh root or teas or capsule or, or you know the candied slices that you can get, ginger itself is what's helpful. It, it prevents motion sickness. It, it uh, cures the nausea that goes along with it. And 
a lot of women that are pregnant even uh, swear by ginger that, you know, it will alleviate morning sickness. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. the same thing. The, the motion sickness, morning sickness thing, as we find out, has a, a definite tie-in. So kind of interesting. There's a lot more folk remedies. Right. Yeah. And uh, like the idea of smelling newspaper. <laughs> That's such an interesting one. Yeah. I, I mentioned this one last night at dinner to my wife because, you know, we were talking about, you know, what we were going to do today. And I said, I think I may have a solution. We, you just need to smell newspaper. And she looked at me like I was uh, just crazy, absolutely crazy. Yeah. And I said, well, it, it's one of these folk remedies that seems to work. Now, reading the newspaper may make you sick, huh? so don't do that. <laughs> but it's good to have the newspaper with you in the car because whatever is in newspaper, for whatever reason, uh, it somehow alleviates that motion sickness. And, and if you don't have, uh, I don't know how you would not have access to a newspaper these days, right. but um, I mean, even if it's just buying one on the street corner for a quarter, but you could go to an arts and crafts store and buy the same type of paper that they print newspaper on. Um, yeah. That th- they print the news on, I should say, <laughs> and, and just have that in the car with you. And you don't have to have anything to read. Just, just smell the paper. And apparently it helps you. See, this is strange because Scott, you and I found so many things that people swear by. Mm hmm. But uh, d- that they don't have anything other than anecdotal evidence for. Well, well also like the listening to music, um, they say that that just keeps your mind off of it. Yeah, and they that's say, fluffy. They say the same thing with the wristbands that the pressure is what keeps your mind off of being motion sick. But I don't think so. It reminds me a little bit about um, the rabbit hole conversation that everybody has at least once, which is the cure for hiccups. Ah, uh, yes. Every and I know that as we're saying, I know some of you guys out there listening. Just said, yeah, well, I know the cure for hiccups and everybody's wrong or I know the real cure. Um, everybody has their own cure. Everybody has their own cure. Their it's own like, theory. Yeah, sure. And uh, we found that this is kind of the same way with motion sickness. There are people who say, you know, eat something sour, eat a pickle or yeah. a tamarind. Eat a dill pickle. I can't, I just can't, I think that that would make me more ill than anything. If you're already feeling a little bit nauseous, but I think the idea is to prevent it, that you would do this ahead of time before you even become ill. Well, no, and also, to be fair, you and I are kind of uptight about eating in the car. Uh, A little bit, that's right. Yeah. So even like the, you know, the the mention of saltines or anything that's slightly salty, a lot of people say 7-Up or Cola over ice, I think is another one. But, you know, ginger ale was the definite winner in this. A lot of people said ginger ale is the way to go, and apparently that goes back to the, uh, you know, any kind of ginger slices or, you know, whatever. But, well, it's because it has those anti-emetic or nausea-preventing effects. Yeah. And there's also things, Ben, like there's simple things, too. If you feel a little nauseous, pull the car over and take a walk for two minutes. You yeah. know, just get some fresh air, relax, get out of the vehicle. You know, your body knows what speed it's moving when you're walking. You know, your uh, your static and your dynamic equilibrium uh-huh. are balanced at that point. So maybe, you know, a five-minute walk through a park or something is enough to to cure your motion sickness. Now, another thing that you can do, and this is what we uh, talked about before our break, is realize that part of what's happening with your body is that this conflicting information is coming about because your body is not able to figure out where it is in terms of velocity, right? Mm -hmm. And to do that, you need a reference point. So just something as simple as looking out, at the horizon will help your body understand. And that goes exactly to why uh, where you're sitting in the car makes a huge difference. Right? Exactly. So, you know, the, the idea is that you're not looking at something to the side of the vehicle as you're driving. Right. You're not looking at, you know, the trees passing by or the cornfields, you know, that you can watch the uh, the cornfields as you drive by and they kind of like look like they're kind of smacking at each other yeah, as, yeah. You, as you drive. That, that strange little, tr- the strange little tricks that your eyes play on you as you're, as you're driving 
things like that will bother you. But if you look ahead and to the, to the distance, yeah. something far away that's not really moving all that much, you know, that it's uh, that it's steady. And same thing on a boat. You know, you're looking at the at the horizon. at the horizon, or you're looking at you know maybe some land that's far ahead, or something mm-hmm. like that. That helps. It doesn't totally prevent it. I mean, people that get um, uh, you know, seasickness are going to be seasick, probably, if the seas are rough enough. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable Internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit Spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, we'll boot it. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastor on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man, Marie's a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Gene. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh. Gene, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return, your time won't, and we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of MoviePhone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. But uh, this goes to why drivers get uh, uh, car sick, not seasick, uh, much less often. Because if you think about it, a driver's focusing on the road, they're staring at the horizon. I'm still confused about the driver-passenger thing because now this is just a, uh, I, I guess, a, an example. Okay. All right. I, I have a, uh, I have a manual transmission in my car. Mm-hmm. My wife has an automatic transmission. She swears that when I'm driving my manual transmission car, she's more ill feeling often than she is in her when I'm driving her automatic transmission. So it doesn't matter who's driving. Yeah. It's just the, the the smooth motion of the automatic transmission versus the you know the acceleration then, then the yeah. slight back off before the next gear picks up. Now, yeah. 
I mean, I'm a fairly smooth shifter, but at this point, I've been driving a long, long time. Yeah, I was going to ask, how are you shifting? I mean, sometimes, you know, if you're really out you know, having fun, but I will never, ever drive the way I drive alone with her in the car. Right. I drive fast and pretty aggressive on my own, you know, if I'm out in the country somewhere. Or, sure. You know, a time and a place, as we always say. Yeah, but, <laughs> a time but, and a place. But she can recall when she was a kid, her father always owned um, Corvettes. And he had one, you know, every five, six years, whatever, get a new one. But it was a manual transmission all the time. And she recalls that feeling of that, that pulling feeling of, you know, first gear and then a little let off and then second, second gear, gear, a little, little let off. And that pulling motion is what really gets her. So it's, it's straight line acceleration. It's turning. It's spinning. It's uh, up down motion. It's everything that really bothers her all in, in, all in the manual transmission cars. And I don't know if it's just an association at this point or what. Yeah, but oh, buddy, the odds are stacked against you. I guess so. So I'm kind of thinking my next car maybe needs to be an automatic, even though, you know, it may not be the most exciting choice. Well, we'll you see. know, when you love someone. Well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. And I'm not just saying that I don't love her. I'm saying, you know. Yeah, yeah right, I'm right. saying we'll see how this, uh, well, this car it, selection you goes. You know, I was thinking about this because um, it, it does, I think there's a big um, anticipatory, aspect to this because when you are driving even if you are someone prone to motion sickness i bet you it's not as bad for your wife because uh she is if she's driving right if she's driving a manual um does she drive a manual she does not okay well that's part of it maybe that is part yeah. of it but uh when she's driving or when anyone is driving uh we have this luxury of knowing what's coming up next. That, you know I I think, mean? that I think is critical. Yeah. I really do, because if you put me in a car with somebody who's maybe not so great at shifting an automatic, or rather a manual transmission vehicle, I may feel a little bit of motion sickness because of that motion, because I'm not really sure when they're going to shift lurch. or when they're going to turn yeah. left or right or whatever. I guess as a driver, you can anticipate what's going on. That's a, that's a very good point. That's a, that's a big but, part. But it's an odd thing, Ben, that no one's yeah. really delved into this in like 50 or 60 years, apparently. People and, still don't really understand. But, you know, as we promised, there's some, there's some new thought on this whole subject. And, oh, yeah. uh, and I think this is maybe the last thing we want to wrap up with here. Okay. Um, there is a guy, uh, his name is Dr. Thomas Stoffergen, I think is how you say it. It's S-T-O-F-F-R-E-G-A-N or E-N. And he's from the University of Minnesota. And he's created something called the Moving Room. And this sounds terrible to some people, but it is a motion sickness inducing chamber, yep. which sounds like a torture device to a lot of people, I'm sure. A, a motion sickness inducing chamber. And he wants to find out what causes motion sickness because, you know, again, the study hasn't really, uh, the study of, of motion sickness really hasn't progressed beyond, you know, so, stuff from 1950, 1960. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of like, if you want to picture where the science is at now, it's like we have a jigsaw puzzle, but we don't have the pieces all put together yet. Yeah. And, you know, we mentioned inner ear earlier, and I think a lot of people att attribute this whole thing to the inner ear and the equilibrium and all that. That's well, the current, uh, Prevalent theory. I do understand that, and this does have something to do with it, but he is going to say that, um, um, a disturbance in the, it's, it's more of a disturbance in the body system for maintaining posture. So I, he, he's blaming posture for this whole thing. I thought you were going to say a disturbance in the force. <laughs> that was your stole. A disturbance in the force, sure. Yeah, that's what he's, he's saying it is. Um, but, I mean, it, and I didn't know this. I, reading this article from, uh, again, where was it? The, uh, the New York Times. It, yeah. Uh, from September of last year. So it's really not that, uh, not that long ago when we, we first heard about this, but, 
Um, he said that Charles Darwin was perpetually seasick. Um, so you'd think that somebody who's, you know, well-traveled like that wouldn't be, but, you know, even, even him, he called it pandemonium when he got sick. You know, the word nausea, um, is derived from the word, uh, the Greek word for boat. And, you know, it, it may come about by a lot of people associate it with riding a boat or riding a, uh, like a carnival attraction ride, like sure. the tilt a whirls, I think what they mentioned here. But, but Charles Darwin called it pandemonium when it happens. I mean, I guess it was just miserable for him. And we know that, okay, so the theory that we have been talking about is a very old theory called sensory conflict theory. Just like, like you and I said it earlier, uh, the, Parts of your brain are disagreeing with some of the sensory information from your body. But then there are other ones. Uh, we didn't mention this one yet. Um, this is from the same article. In 1977, a guy named Dr. Treesman uh, had this idea that maybe motion sickness evolved as a way to cope with food poisoning. Yeah. So back in 1977, this guy is saying, you know, um, Maybe it's a way for our body to detect if there's kind of a uh, um, some type of poison in our body. Right. A way to way to get rid of that. You know, there's something not right. The brain is sending signals that are saying, um, you know, like let's say that your your stomach didn't detect that there is a poison there in yeah. in the uh, in whatever you just you got some bad chicken. Exactly. You got some bad chicken, and uh, your stomach didn't detect it, but you, the rest of your body is saying that we got to get a way to get to get this thing out of here. They're coping. Uh, it's like a coping mechanism. It's it's uh it's functioning in place of that system. So, you know, this, this 1977 study is really the last thing between, you know, then yeah. and now. I mean, he says that the research is like 30 to 50 years old. Here's the, the quote, actually. Uh, most of the research is 30 to 50 years old, um, even though it's, it's extremely prevalent. I mean, a lot of people suffer right. from motion sickness. Um, but he says that, you know, it's generally accepted that a functioning vestibular system is prerequisite, prerequisite for motion sickness. Um, and there's this other weird study that happened in 1968. They found that deaf participants who were um, exposed to 40-foot swells off the shores of Nova Scotia, and they were in this narrow yeah. wooden boat. It says that the deaf participants in this, in this uh, procedure did not experience any seasickness. Now, I don't know if that was ever proven. That I mean, it seems like there's just not enough... Um, information there to determine. Yeah, we need more data. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, this, this whole stable posture thing, he's saying yeah. that, that humans have become nauseated in situations where they haven't yet learned strategies effective in maintaining a stable posture. So, um, they're saying that you're a little bit unsteady on your feet. You're a little off balance. Everybody all the time. sways a little when they walk. A little bit. And I'll tell you, my wife has the worst balance ever. She can't, she can't walk on, you know, if, if there's a, a board, you know, between two bricks. Oh, man. She couldn't walk that board. I mean, her balance is way off, and it's got to be, you know, something with the equilibrium, the inner ear. And I think that really has a lot to do with the, the motion sickness. Now, how, how about your girlfriend? Does she have a uh, a balance issue? Oh, I got to plead the fifth, Scott. What are you uh, doing? Oh, no, no. I'm just saying, like, have you noticed that, or has she said anything about that? Because, you know, um, there are times when it's critical, or not critical, but... You know, you maybe want to, you're taking a walk in the woods and there's a, a, a fallen tree across a, a stream and you right. want to cross and, um, you know, she says, no, 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 I'm going to go on to the bridge. You can, you can do the tree. Oh yeah. Well, that's, that's maybe more difference in our personalities. I am the, <laughs> I am the walk of the tree, but you know what? I'm going to have to do an experiment and check, uh, with her secretly. So nobody tell her okay. that well, I'm testing I, her balance. That was unfair that I said that, but I guess, <laughs> I guess what he's saying is, you know, this, uh, Thomas Stoffergen yeah. is saying that, um, there's there's kind of a, a a natural wobble or a posture sway in a lot of people, and he find he even found that you know video gamers 
Uh, they found if their head swayed more, they were. He said that afterward they were more likely to experience symptoms of motion yeah, sickness, yeah. which I found strange. I mean, that's that's an unusual place to go. But he's also taken a look at pregnant women and decided that you know women who experience morning sickness also exhibit more swaying in their posture. So he's trying to, to tie this whole thing in with posture and your balance and how you uh, how you cope with that. And this this motion sickness chamber, Ben, this sounded kind of like a fun thing, yeah. a little bit fun, I yeah, guess, yeah. for somebody oh, yeah. who doesn't mind it. You stand on something that's really small, like a small box, and then he's able to control the motion of the walls around you with, with kind of a, uh, I don't know, a nondescript pattern on the wall. I think right. they called it a marbling pattern. Yeah. And like he, he said, you could stand on the box and then suddenly he'll move in the, the two outer walls, um, in mm. about a foot and a half. And he says most participants throw up their hands in the air and they fall backwards immediately. Well, it, because there's not much for you to fix your eyes on. It's designed to give you that sickness and it and looks like it works. And it's so strange. I mean, to think though that you could be standing on a stationary box and then one of the walls moves, which you know is really, there's something going to happen there. I mean, you know, something's going to move, but their perception, even though you're ready for it, you know, the mall, the walls move in, you throw up your hands in the air, you flail your arms around and you fall off the thing backwards. That's a, that's a dramatic response to something. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, I have to tell you one of the dumbest things I tried to do, um, to, to test my uh, one of my friends who had motion sickness, mm-hmm. um, I said, "Well, hey, if you have motion sickness, why don't you? It's probably because you're sitting still in you know in the shotgun seat of my car mm-hmm. while we're driving. So why don't you move your legs like you're running?" That's <laughs> <laughs> a that's uh, a folk remedy that probably didn't pan it out. It did not work. I wouldn't think so. Like uh, you're going to run like you're you're running at fifty five miles an hour. Uh, yeah, he was saying, "You mean." Like we're in a Flintstones car? I said, <laughs> yeah, give it a shot. He, You know, I felt bad because it looked kind of dumb. Oh, but uh, Science sometimes fails us, Ben. Hey, you know. You know, okay. Well, there's the last thing I guess that I want to point out right. here is that this uh, this Thomas Stoffergen from uh, the University of Minnesota, he's saying that until I – mean, his studies are kind of showing him that um, until new movement patterns have, have been learned by the person that, you know, experiences motion sickness, until you understand, you know, how to, how to move, how to sway. And he even tied this into boxers. I should, I should mention that. Boxers who take punches in the ring. He said he yeah. can kind of determine if a boxer is going to be, going to feel ill after just a couple of punches to the head. By their sway of their posture. Exactly. He can look at them ahead of time and determine, you know, how they're going to, how they're going to react. Um, which might not be bad for betting, I guess. No, no. Uh, but he says until these new movement patterns are learned by the person that experiences sickness, um, until your body's posture maintenance system, I think is what he calls it, um, your your body's systems rebel, and that includes you know your head communication communicating with your yeah. stomach, and that's why you often become physically ill, why you would vomit in that case. So um, it's just a, it's a real weird thing and how all these systems work together, and when signals are crossed when you know the static and dynamic um, equilibriums are not telling each other the same things your your stomach is what gets the uh, gets the final vote on this whole thing it says no that's not right I'm rebelling yeah. your stomach gets the veto power yes. well I think we've about wrapped it up uh, do you want to do some listener mail I'd like to yeah all right Scott uh, Babak H writes to us that's B A B A K I hope I'm uh, pronouncing it correctly and says Hi, my name is Babak. I am originally from Iran, currently living in British Columbia, Canada. I've always been a big fan of American cars, though Iranian people love BMWs and Benzes. I have partially restored a 62 Tempest Le Mans, and at this moment, I have a very clean and drivable 1973 Nova Straight 6. He said, my newer car is a 2005 Dodge Magnum RT with the mighty 5.7 Hemi. 
I really love to hear an episode about Hemi engines and history and get some interesting info from you guys. I tried to find stuff on the net, but there were just bits and pieces. Uh, thanks for the show. I appreciate the, that the fact that you guys have a lot of experience in the field, but you speak in very nice and clean language and don't try to talk like some phony tough guy. Ah, I remember this email, Ben, and I thought that was good because, you know, we occasionally will get some letters that uh, give us a little guff for not being, uh, you know, more rough around the edges. We're, we're a little too nice. It doesn't happen all that often, but sometimes yeah. people write in and say, hey, why don't you guys create a little ruckus? Why don't you, uh, why don't you yell at so. each other? Why don't you, uh, why don't you practically arm wrestle over who's right or wrong? You know, and and we have uh, we have a different style. Well, we and we do have some we we do have some differing opinions too. We definitely do. We yeah. we talk things out, but we don't yeah. uh, we don't feel necessary to uh, to scream and yell and uh, and use coarse language. I guess maybe sure. to get our point across. But yeah. you know, it's a different show. If you want that, you can get that somewhere else. But you know, we uh, we find that you know our style is working for us, and, and I appreciate him pointing that out. That's good. And I also want to say one last thing. What's that? That 62 Tempest. Is that what he said he has? Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Or had, I guess, maybe. I think and, he has it. And so. the Nova with the straight six. And, of course, yeah. the uh, the Hemi engine and the, uh, was it Charger? Challenger? Uh, yeah, it's Magnum. Uh, Magnum. Dodge Magnum. Magnum. Okay, that's still cool. So those are some great cars. Yeah, and I think it'd be cool to do an episode on that engine because it is tremendously popular. Yeah, we should just do a Hemi engine podcast. That's a very good idea. I'm going to write that down as, yeah. soon as, we, uh, as soon as we leave here. And speaking of leaving here, we are off. We hope we, you enjoyed our examination of motion sickness and got some tips and tricks to avoid it. Uh, we hope that you are not suffering from motion sickness right now. If you're standing, a uh, little pro tip, you can widen your stance, and the doctors say that might help. Posture is the key, apparently. Posture is apparently the key. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Drop us a line on carstuffshow.com. You can see us on Facebook. You can see us on Twitter. You can send us an email directly. Our address is carstuff at discovery.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids. No plug needed. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. You can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Com.com slash compatibility.